When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. to In My Heart, a podcast truly about all of the things in my heart and finding our freedoms. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to stay tuned after today's interview for Holla Back. That's my Q&A where I'm answering questions from my listeners, so be sure to stay tuned. Karen Eldor is a Forbes journalist and host of Share a Voice, a podcast about the power of discovering your voice and sharing your truth in the process. Her mission is to offer guidance and mentorship to women while encouraging them to live their best life. Karen is also a contributor for Coverture, Creative and Cultivate, Teen Vogue, Monster, and so many others. I'm so excited to dig in. Karen, welcome. You're in my heart. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so glad you are here. Now, I kind of want to dig right into your love for women. It just really permeates with me. And I think it's like this simpatico that we share that you really are into watching women break down their own barriers and step out into the world unapologetically and shine. I want you to just start from the beginning of like, how did you get where you are today? And talk a little bit about your journey and why along the way you felt these proverbial hand holdings or synergies with women and the struggles of a woman, uh, the power of a woman, and why that is a focus of your business today as a journalist. First of all, I definitely would love to shout out to my mom, who was always, who is always an entrepreneur, but growing up, she was very much the working woman, She's a fashion designer and does made-to-measure clothing. So I really grew up with her as my inspiration, but it's almost like I didn't realize back then the impact she had, which I guess it's always the case, Mm -hmm. isn't it, in a way? So just through osmosis, I don't know, I just always grew up watching my mom live her purpose. She always knew she wanted to be in fashion, so For me, there was like never a question of, am I going to do what I love? Like it felt very obvious to me in a weird way. So I studied communications with a minor in journalism. And again, it was always, well, what are you going to do with a communications degree? But I kind of, I knew that I would end up doing what I loved, whatever that meant. 
And then after a few years, well, almost over 15 years in the corporate world in, in the fashion industry, I went on my own to take my side hustle full time as, as an editorial writer and as a journalist. And I would say the female entrepreneurship part almost happened organically because, and I love that you asked me this because I actually never put two and two together until this moment, (laughs) but what's interesting about when I started to write for other publications is 2016. So when you think back, 2016 is exactly when Hillary lost the election and female empowerment, I feel it was just given a whole new force and a whole new life in a way. You gave me the chills. It's bananas that I have never made that connection, but it was 2016. So I guess I just kind of felt the vibe of what everybody was talking about and naturally just started to focus on, on female, female empowerment and female entrepreneurship. So I guess I was following the wave of the conversation. Right. And your heart truly, because the conversation in your heart synergized and that opened a door for you and a calling and a passion that you have taken to enormous levels and heights and, you know, interviewed amazing people, which we're going to get to. Thank you. I mean, I'm like going to take note of this moment, actually, because I really never made that connection. But I have to add one thing that's so funny about this is that my first job out of college, we say university in Canada. So my first job out of university was actually at a men's magazine for five years. So I was completely surrounded by bro culture. And I almost wonder if it was a bit of like my rebellion, because the stuff that I used to hear there would never fly today anywhere. Yeah, things have changed for sure. For sure. That's good. I mean, it's a good thing. I, I always refer to the pendulum swinging and, you know, it's very far one way right now. The white man is like the loser. (laughs) You know what I mean? And everybody, he's been ahead of the game for so long. And obviously that's stereotypical and but it is a problem for, you know, where we've been and, and, and we need to change it where we're going. And so, so let's talk about some of the women that you interviewed and why some of your favorites or most impactful or some that you might not even have thought were going to be so impactful, but were like your aha moments again. Can you just talk about the women that you have had in your clutches and, you know, what you've learned from that and what you're so excited to share about those women? Oh my gosh. That's like, it's so crazy because I think back and it's over three years of articles already. So it's so crazy. Okay. The first one that was actually published. So it's crazy to think it was September, 2018. And it was Issa Rae. It was Issa Rae and Jacqueline Johnson. Actually, I had interviewed both of them because um, Issa Rae had just done a keynote for Create and Cultivate. And I was obsessed with the show Insecure. I mean, I'm still obsessed with the show. She's amazing. She's amazing. And I loved doing a story about her because, and again, it's like, as we see today, like you can come out of nowhere as a writer or a creative and make a name for yourself. And actually I saw this woman had actually, was actually a guest of yours on In My Hearts, but Courtney Novogratz. Yes. 
I remember it was around the fact that she's a mom of, is it seven? Yes, there's seven of them. Okay. I was, yeah, so she's a mom <laughs> of seven. That article exploded. I mean, I, I think the Forbes, Forbes Women Reader and the Forbes Reader really, really loved her story and how her whole, like the family are all talented in their own right, like how the son is an actor and they're amazing. I'm going to republish your article. Will you send me the link so I can put it out there for everybody to read it again? Yes, I will definitely send you that article. And it was around Mother's Day. It was exactly timed with Mother's Day. It's wild. I have to say some articles surprise me the way they resonate. So one of them, it came out this past May and it's two 24-year-old founders of a swimsuit brand called 437. That is my top most read article it's two toronto girls and i mean shout out to the fact that they're fellow canadians like me but i mean i love a good canadian success story sure so basically it's like a very body inclusive swimsuit brand and it's just two young girls who studied business and didn't even study design Mm -hmm. but just have built an amazing brand on the sense of community and body inclusivity. Yeah, that's beautiful. Necessity is the mother of all invention. And so when you're not a designer, so to speak, but you see a white space because you yourself are being left out as a person and you're not being spoken to, you, you know, it's, it's a lonely place to be. And a lot of businesses have started for that very reason. So I mm-hmm. also applaud that. And I love that. You don't have to be a designer to design necessarily or create and that's how I started my, my first business was r- literally out of not being spoken to and looking out there at an array of products in a classification and none of them spoke to me. It's so true. Like, and, and I love the fact, like you said, it's identifying a need and a white space. And, you know, I love the fact that today, like there's no limits, right? So even how I said Issa Rae, had no TV experience, but was creating cool YouTube videos. And all of now she's a Hollywood celebrity. And these two girls who were studying business, they just have the right, the right vision, I guess. It's just the vision and very much um, intuition. Yeah. And chutzpah. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. What's interesting is like of all the amazing people that, you know, big names that you've interviewed and, and written about, like, What's permeated to you is success stories and these people that turned a spun hay into gold, so to speak. And I love that that's the theme because we can do that. It is within our reach to do what it is that we want to do when it's passion and it's power behind it, you know, and you push fear out of the way and you take some risks and you practice chutzpah and you partner with the right people and you are uh, surrounding yourself with the right community. I call them rope team. The sky is the limit. And that's what I love about you is, is that I knew you weren't going to, yeah, you can mention some famous people and the really cool people that have done really cool things, but what you're driven by is the underdog. Yeah. You know, that's something else I've never noticed. I have to say it's so funny because maybe it takes, you know, when you're so in it, yeah. when you're so in it, it's like you're on autopilot in a way. Cause you're, I'm, I'm in execution mode, right? Yeah. Like I'm doing. 
I rarely take a step back and analyze the common threads in a way. Yeah. So I never thought about the underdog theme, but definitely the the sky's the limit, like that there is no limits because right. even, you know, how you mentioned, like I'm based in Montreal. I always wanted to live in New York and that, that didn't happen just because I had gotten married, started a family here. So that didn't, that wasn't in the cards at the yes. time. Yes, exactly. But then being able to write for Forbes, first of all, there is no geography. Right. I mean, nothing to do with, with the current state of the world and everyone working from home. Like no one cares if you're not based in New York. No one even asks really. Right. right. So the fact that I can do what I love from home, I was working from home before. So, yes. so I love that whole, the whole concept of we, we create our own destinies in that way. It's, it's all by design. It is. And if we listen, we have to listen now. So the destiny that you created didn't wind up being the destiny that was fulfilled, so to speak. So yes, you were married and you made a small family, but your parent, you have decided to, your husband and you have separated or now are divorced. I think that you're definitely no longer together. And so I want to talk to you about that because you are co-parenting and you were married for 15 years and you are a family, no matter if you're a, you know, uncoupled family or not, your family. And how does that work for you? How are you co-parenting when separate? And what are you finding as a resource for you as a divorced, you know, mom or a separated, you know, woman in today's world versus what made it happen to your mom, you know, or my mom? Can we talk a little bit about that dichotomy and maybe offer some advice for people that are struggling in a relationship? And I mean, these things happen. We're living a long time and we're married for a long time these days. Yes, totally. <laughs> Well, first of all, timing is so, is so funny. So I watch, I watch the Today Show. I mean, I, I'm a huge Today Show fan. That's my, my jam every morning. And their story this morning was partnership during the pandemic. And it's literally all about couples yeah. who feel trapped, yeah. who are, you know, fighting over administrative things like Minute detail. Yeah, the oatmeal, for example. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then, of course, you know, throw in work stress, working from home and kids at home, of course. So it was a few months, like five months before before the pandemic started. And we decided, you know, right away that we were going to co-parent with Grace. And, you know, like you mentioned, un uncoupling. I mean, really, I think it's exactly what Gwyneth said. It's it was an unconscious uncoupling in terms of just the drifting apart. We're still best friends and built a beautiful family together. But there's this feeling of like, I'm really only 42. Mm -hmm. So it's this feeling of, like you said, we're living longer. You know, it's kind of wanting to hit the restart. Mm -hmm. But with all the knowledge and more confidence that I, that I now have to think, you know, we started dating at 20, neither of us are the same. It's so hard to, you know, 20 years go by of just dating. It's basically the way we're managing the separation is like one week on one week off. Mm -hmm. So like our child handover is always on Fridays mm -hmm. and we even see each other. We even see each other during the week too. Yeah. So like, I'll never go a full week without seeing them. Right. And I have, it's two girls, seven and 10. 
or we'll FaceTime all the time. So at least I could say goodnight when I'm not with them. But really my friends who are married right now are, I don't want to say they're jealous, but they keep saying like, they're like, Kareen, every two weeks in this current climate, you have a week to yourself. Right. So it's amazing luxury. It really is, you know, like it's for sure. Like there's days again, like I can't, obviously I can't travel. I was always traveling on my off weeks. Right. So now all of a sudden I'm in stillness at home, Mm -hmm. but it's really been a refreshing time to work on myself. Yes. Finally, like read all the books I want to read about growth. And I just got Atomic Habits that Mm -hmm. just arrived yesterday. So like, I just want to focus on myself and uh, during the weeks that I don't have the kids. Yes. I mean, the beauty, obviously, also being your own boss, I can make my own schedule, right? So I, I know to kind of pump the brakes a bit during the week I have the kids. I think it's beautiful. I, I really do. There's so many takeaways from what you just said. Like, you know, first and foremost, you're right. You, you, it feels like a restart. And I think in, in anything, whether it's a job or a relationship or a friendship or anything that's dragging you down that is not fulfilling you, I think that we all deserve the opportunity to check that, you know, and say, maybe this is not the right path for me. Maybe I need to go right. Well, I've been making left turns for several years. And you're just another example that, you know, a conscious uncoupling, which I'm going to give uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's, I don't know his name. I wish I did her therapist the credit for that, quite frankly. when, When she, when he said it to her, she was like, what? She didn't get it. You know, it was a concept even foreign to her, but with the right leadership, with the right guidance, with the right community, they actually put a stake in the sand for the future and the future of relationships and the future of potential breakups, but families remaining intact, which is quite beautiful. Totally. And something I can give, I mean, as two tips, I guess, number one, I mean, we're, we made a pact to be super honest when one of us starts dating again. I've kind of learned that every city is a bit of a village in truth. Like, you know, even New York, everybody kind of knows. Yeah, it's a small, big place. (laughs) Exactly. So we never wanted to hear about a relationship through other people. So Mm -hmm. we always said, once you have two dates with someone, like, let's be open with each other. So that was number one. And that's helped us. So we're not secretive. And also... I feel like I have a full squad of resources and support in terms of, I speak with a therapist every two weeks, but it's someone who I've been seeing for the past 20 years throughout different phases of my life. So she supports me emotionally. And I have a friend who's a meditation coach who helps me and my, my trainer slash fitness coach. She's very holistic and very much believes in mindfulness and all those Integrative medicine and all that stuff. That's wonderful. So, and in terms of the intuition and listening, I wanted to say that my, I felt, I knew like for a few years, like my body and my soul knew the move that had to be made. And, and, and every, I feel like it's the same pattern when I left the corporate world, it was the same pattern. And a common thread is that when I don't listen, I notice in my, in my body and in my face, almost inflammation. Mm -hmm. So it's literally like my body 
like reacting to yeah. me not you listening. Have a visceral, physical reaction to when you're on the wrong path, when you're not following your heart. Exactly. So anyway, the, yeah, that the intuition is strong. It's very strong. I love it. So listen, listen to your intuition because it's real and yeah. take some time. I mean, that's one of the things that I love about what you said. You know, obviously the pandemic has so many deep, dark, seated tragedies and horror and pain and just confusion and all of those things. But if you can look at the goodness, there's, there are silver linings in, you know, reflecting, nesting, you know what I mean? Slowing down, giving the world a pause to try to heal a little bit from all that we've done to big blue. When you have introspection and when you slow down for a minute, which was always a problem for me, I was, I'm a million miles an hour. I always have been. And in the pandemic, I recognized that part of that was a defense mechanism. If I, if I slowed down, I had to listen to myself. I had to, you know, sit with myself, but if I kept being real busy and, you know, running and moving and shaking and, you know, trying to conquer and create, you know, I would be okay. But all that, it's all just kind of a facade. It's like, I call it like a crevasse on the side of a mountain, you know, it's dusted over with snow and you don't know it's there, but boy, if you hit it, it'll take you down to deep levels. And so knowing our crevasses and dealing with our crevasses, you can never heal them. You can never make them go away. The pains of childhood or the neglect or hurts that we all felt given, no matter what our situation was like little Heather, you know, the little seven-year-old that, you know, was parents were divorcing and felt lonely at a moment. Like that crevasse is there, you know, I, I, I call it that. And, and so something can happen, whether it's a storm, you know, something tragic and traumatic where that crevasse is now exposed What I have learned through my therapy is that you can never make it go away. But the first step is understanding that it's there, then accepting that it's there and then tolerating it because it doesn't go away. But you understand what it is. and You understand why your reaction is that way. And then you can tolerate the fact that you have, you know, some jags, you know, in your beautiful green lawn that you have to maneuver around. So to speak. totally, and that all happened for me through the pandemic. So I'm thankful and grateful for that. Yeah. So I was gonna literally. I'm sitting here nodding, which is hard to hard to see on a podcast. But same, sis. <laughs> I mean, in terms of the stillness, I just remember I was going to New York every month for the six months during that time before the pandemic hit, and then I remember April hit. I was going out of my mind. I was like, oh my God, I can't go anywhere. I had to actually had, I had a trip booked to New York, April. It was first week of April. And I was like, no. And actually I would have seen Elton John at Madison Square Garden. Aww. Anyway. And <laughs> I know I missed a lot of good shit too. A trip to Bolivia, you know, a trip to Israel. I mean, like lots of great things. But what came out of that even though you couldn't travel anymore and your life got changed completely and you had to deal with all those emotions and even self-worth when your job and what you do kind of gets taken away, it it sometimes can knock you off balance a little bit. But you started your podcast in the pandemic. Now, I wonder if you could have done that if you were moving and shaking the way you were. So there was a silver lining for you too. Can you tell us a little bit about Mm -hmm. your podcast and why you started it and more about it? Because I know I'm going to be on it. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) totally. And I'm so excited to have you. So 
it's so true. When I think about that, I likely would not have done that, or at least not as soon. First of all, we see content is booming. That's the first thing. And it was around April and I was starting to do more Instagram lives. So some of the agencies that I'm friends with and that I work with, they, they invited me to do Instagram lives with their clients. And so people who were watching, I mean, I guess my community on Instagram was kind of like, you're really in your elements. Like it's, it's so much fun to listen to you. Cause I, I feel that I'm very informal in, in the podcasting space. Like I, I just love talking with people and conversing. So my initial goal was always to write a book. And I mean, that's still obviously a goal, but I think after the IG lives, and also I started to moderate some virtual panels, which was awesome. That's really and fun. It was super fun. I like moderating anything. <laughs> yeah, it's I so do, much I'm fun. Good at it. Like I'm, during the presidential debates, I was like, get me up there. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's so much. Yeah, exactly. Like if you have the mic, it's like <laughs> such a blast. So some of my friends were like, well, why don't you launch a podcast and, and see what happens? Because I started to notice that it was actually very organic and natural extension to what I'm currently doing. Yeah. So the podcast is about powerful women. Yeah, totally. I mean, I have, I have men there as well, yeah. but yes, yeah. like, cause well, because you know, beside every great man and beside every yes. great woman, you know, we all live together and we're all important. I think a dynamic table is the best one. Totally. Totally. I see it almost as a deeper platform or extension to my interviews that I do for Forbes. Hi guys, I'm Caitlin Carter, host of the Brightside Podcast. I created this show as a space for people who have had an impact in my life to further inspire others through their stories, their honesty, their kindness, and optimism. Each week, I'll be sitting down with inspiring friends, new and old, to have meaningful conversations centered around our own experiences with complete transparency and authenticity. We will discuss how we face challenging moments, adjust perspective, and reframe situations to find the silver lining. I personally believe that there is a bright side to every situation, and I'm excited to have this platform to encourage that way of thinking and share this message with you all. New episodes come out on Tuesdays, so come join me and start your week on the bright side. Have you been thinking about maybe having your own podcast? Well, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First and foremost, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor, they'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple and many more. With Anchor, you can start to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership as well. It's truly everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, your feelings about using your power and asserting your voice. I know that when you were young, you had said that you hid kind of behind your writing and, you know, didn't know really how to use your voice. And you were very happy playing kind of the small, passive person unless you were writing. And through writing, you were content with that was my power. But something shifted for you. And I want yeah. to talk about that. 
that's exactly it. I was like more of the wallflower, let's say. So when I started to write for myself, when I started to write for Forbes and Coveter, a lot of those articles went viral and create and cultivate as well. All of a sudden, you know, I would be walking, be walking in Montreal or I'd be getting emails where people would say, I read this article or that article. And they would tell me about the impact it made on their life. Like literally words I wrote made someone think differently. And I was like, wait, that's really cool. Really (laughs) cool. Chills again. Yeah. I just, I guess I started to recognize that, like I said, people were listening to my, my written words and just interviewing such high profile people, but also people at all levels. Yeah. But, you know, all of a sudden people were saying, oh my God, you interviewed Kim, like when I interviewed Kim Kardashian, like that was insane. I mean, it was like literally the interview of a lifetime kind of, so to speak, even her unbelievable popularity and following and uh, curiosity around her. Now it's even going to get worse because she and Kanye have announced their separation. Exactly. So but they're going to constantly a couple and be great co-parents. I just trust them. <laughs> I think so. I think so. But I just remember like, you know what, my confidence grew through my writing. And someone, I mean, she's almost a mentor of mine. She pointed out to me, she said, she said how cool that people started to listen to you through your written words. Like that became your mouthpiece. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of one layer. The other layer is in my marriage. I mean, my ex is wonderful, but I was more passive in the, in the marriage. Like I take accountability for that because he is a very strong character. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of sat by the sidelines and was like, okay, okay," you know? Yes. And you're people pleaser probably a little bit. Basically, yes. Yeah. Working on that though. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but yes. I think it's nice. I, I mean, I always think that people think that's a negative and I think it's actually a positive. It's nice to have someone who wants everybody to feel comfortable and everybody to be happy and all that stuff, but not if it's at your expense. Exactly. True. So all this to say, the whole element of voice became a very common thread in my life and you know, and I'm very authentic and open about on the podcast that my voice is growing. And that's why I love to interview people who I see as having a very loud voice and in different realms. It's basically like people who are unapologetic, who live in their truth, who express themselves in whatever they're doing, who are making waves and creating ripple effects. Because a big thing for me in all my articles is, is impact. Like there's always kind of like a layer of impact, I guess, or an yes. element of impact. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I don't know, I became obsessed with people, like I said, who are making waves and creating the right kind of noise. And I think also the thing with noise is that it's that whole thing of like, you can be very confident, but it doesn't, you don't necessarily have to be the loudest. Right. hundred percent. I have two questions about this. And one of them is your mom was really powerful and strong. You know what I mean? Your mom was a designer who took the world by the, you know, who, you know, what's and, and (laughs) I mean, like I care about saying balls, you know, took the world (laughs) by the balls and, you know, she was an inspiration to you, but yet your personality, your DNA was not that, even though you had this powerful mentor and, you know, kind of someone to look up to and inspiration, Mm -hmm. 
you found quietness to be powerful and your words to be powerful, but that stuff comes 360 because, you know, the apple never falls quite far from the tree. So I bet your mom's super proud of you right now, miss. Yeah, no, she's super proud, but I have to say she still still does not know how to listen to a podcast. (laughs) Like she's always like, so she'll comment on my Facebook posts and be like, this is amazing. But then she'll call me and be like, how do I get to the podcast? Where, like, <laughs> when you're with her, you gotta, funny. you know, download Spotify or Apple for her. I know I that's, that. it's I, very cute, but she's super, it. she's super young at heart. She's just not tech savvy. Speaking so that's about okay. your mom. And by the way, either am I, I'm super young at heart <laughs> and I'm not tech savvy either, but I gotta, speaking <laughs> of your mom, like, can you tell, tell us and me? Cause I don't know this, like Karine, now you spell your name K-A-R-I-N but it's pronounced Karine. So there has to be a story behind your name. Can you tell us what it is? It ties into the whole voice concept also. And I'll explain why. Because, so first of all, yes, phonetically, the instinct is that it should be Karen. No offense to any Karens, but I'm very happy that that's not my name right now. Number one. Yeah, right now. And then, you know, so my whole life, people would mispronounce my name. So it's pronounced Kareen. I remember someone said to me a few years ago, it was actually at a Create and Cultivate conference. A woman, her name is Maxie McCoy. She's, she's amazing. She's a business coach. And she's like, Kareen, she's like, when people mispronounce your name, do you tell them? I said, no, because at what point does it become too late? I said, you know what? I just, I let it slide. And then I remember when I was thinking about the podcast and the whole, again, the whole concept of voice, I was like, if I am not correcting people, I am not using my voice. Right. Like I have to tell people how to pronounce my name. And so I just, I always think about that now because now I do correct or maybe not correct, but there's like a polite way to do it. Right. Yeah. Just so, so you know, my name looks like Karen, but it's Kareem. Exactly. All right. I love that. I love that. So this has been such a great conversation. I love it. I, I have to ask one question about being a woman because, you know, all this, you know, being assertive and using your voice and feeling quieted and things like that. We grew up after the seventies, you know, we grew up after, you know, women's liberation, so to speak, and things like that. And so hopefully we were a little bit more empowered than our mothers were. What caused, or was there something that as a woman made you ever feel less inferior or made you feel small or made you not feel like you could have a voice? Was there something Was there something that made you ever feel or was it your own coming out and finding your own self? I honestly feel that I was always surrounded by ultra feminists, like strong women. So even my mother's mother, um, I mean, she passed away a few years ago, but she also, she was like a force, like she worked uh, in Paris and she was just always a businesswoman. So I feel like, I just really was always surrounded by strong women. But I will say, I mean, I I was thinking of sharing this earlier when we were talking about my voice. It's also having two girls. I guess I just felt I was living my truth by showing them that women can do anything. Like, and I feel like there's no better way to walk the talk, I guess, than show them that I'm doing what I want to be doing and that, yeah, just that there's no limitations. I love that. So being a voice behind a pen was 
fulfilling for you and empowering for you. But being a parent made you decide that stepping out behind the pen was an important example for your girls. Yeah, I would definitely I say that. that. I, I would that. definitely say that. And, you know, thinking back, it's funny when people used to ask me, this was like back in high school, people would ask me who my favorite TV character was, let's say. So you would think Carrie Bradshaw. I mean, I love Carrie, obviously iconic, but I always said Murphy Brown. Oh yeah, great. But, but it was funny because she didn't have kids. She was like, or maybe she had kids later on actually, but she was really that working woman. Yeah. And I always, always thought of Murphy Brown. So. Well, that's I don't a know. good, I think that's a great role model. I like Murphy Brown. <laughs> Same. Yeah. I just, she was always my, like my fictional hero, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Well, so. we did grow up around Mary Tyler Moore and, you know, Murphy Brown. And it was, that's why I asked the question because, I mean, it's almost like civil rights just because, you know, the March in Selma happened and some things changed. It didn't mean that the world changed. And the right. same thing with yeah. women's liberation and, you know, burning our bras and trying to find a voice. It didn't mean that everything just changed. We were working hard toward, you know, obviously all kinds of equality, glass ceilings, but we weren't necessarily silenced anymore. Right. That is true. And that's, that's, that's why I asked the question. Well, I love it. So tell me what's making you tick being that you got a big mouth now. <laughs> Ooh, like in the pop culture world? Yeah. Like, is there a product that you've like just loved or something that you found, you know, uh, an app or anything that really just through these days, like you could share with people that just, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's your jam that you're grooving on. Definitely. I mean, I've always loved skincare, but obviously loving it so much more now. Um, I'm so lucky that I get just attending conferences. I get really samples fun gift and stuff samples. And yeah, 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 yeah. So love just all things Korean beauty, mm -hmm. like from all the masks and everything. The best. My makeup artist is Chinese and she swears by Korean everything. Oh, it's so good. And just, so, I mean, I've, I actually, I had interviewed the founder of Then I Met You and it's based on a Korean concept of slowing down. And I feel like in this time, because in the morning there's no rush. Yeah. So, I mean, I still use my time very efficiently, but. Right. And there's a Zoom call at nine and shit happens, but it's exactly. different. It's different. <laughs> totally different. Yeah. There's no more commutes basically. So I just love really taking the time to rub my face with creams. Yeah. And I love um, the face roller. It's yes. the face gym. Yeah. Face roller. I was just with my girlfriend, Cheryl, and we're standing in the room together. She's like, while we're talking, she's rolling her face with that thing. Oh my God. It's so good because one of like my nervous things is like picking my cuticles in mm -hmm. a way. Mm -hmm. So I find instead I just do the face Your roller. Your skin looks great. Oh, thank you. Now thank I know you. that you're a fan of CBD masks. Yes. Is there, because I have a favorite one and I want to show you the brand. It's literally called Mask. Oh my God. That's it's such a good incredible. one. And they have CBD, CBG, and CBN, but they have, they only have three masks. They have an ageless, a luminous, and a spotless. So Ooh. I found them because um, I believe skincare is kind of like all inclusive. It's not just about rubbing the creams, which is really important. And hopefully you're using a nat nice natural brand, but that's my, that's yeah. my, my kind of road that I walk, but technology is important. You know, the dermatologist, a laser therapy every now and then what you eat, getting enough sleep, those all lend to it. But what I loved about this mask is CBD is an equalizer and it's an anti-inflammatory. So mm -hmm. I'm a picker. 
I like to magnify my face and go to town because like I can <laughs> control that. And these masks are the ones that I go to because it takes down any damage that I've ever done. So being that you're a CBD Ooh. girl, I wanted you to see this. They are made in the USA, but they're just called mask, M-A-S-K. So try them. That's a good one. And yes. the branding is so nice. Isn't it nice? The CBD brands that I love, it's CBD skincare. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, do you know Fittish? It's called Fittish. I, and the no, founder, I don't think I do. So the founder is Jenna Owens. Jenna Page, Jenna Owens, she was uh, she was a radio host on the Kid Craddock morning show for like 12 years or something. Anyway, she left to develop her own skincare brand, CBD, and it's called Fittish. And she like, has it's, to be someone you interview because from radio DJ to entrepreneur skincare guru, she's on your roster. I yep. know she is. <laughs> Absolutely. I and I also interviewed her for an IG Live and my podcast, actually. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So I love her brand and it's actually, she's based in Dallas. So is that how you're finding your freedom? How do you find your freedom right now? What are you doing? So I would say definitely carving out the time now to meditate. But for me, meditation looks more like a mindful moment. So it's just like, I don't necessarily listen to a mantra or music. It's a morning ritual where I read Journey to the Heart. It's like a daily passage. So I read the passage and then I write in my five-minute gratitude journal, the five-minute journal. That's beautiful. So it's literally, and I light a candle. And I feel like it's just 10 minutes of thinking or just or silence, really. Well, it's really your freedom is actually probably in turning inward to yourself, like actually spending some time. Because I might have guessed that you were going to say writing because you're so good at it and passionate about it. And it was like your escape and your thing. So like when you're working and you're in a story, like that's like a, a clickable freedom, like the world is beautiful moment for you. But I love that it is, is about reflection and about self kind of, you know, preservation and self care. I think that that's a beautiful thing. You can have many freedoms, by the way. You can you can have a freedom during a great interview or a great article as much as you can find it with a little meditation. Well, here's a little sound bite that I find maybe freedom is an inside job. Ooh, you just gave me one, girl. I love that. I'm going to start with like, freedom is an inside job. Because maybe because some people, the question's hard. So maybe I'm going to use that. And I love you for that. Yeah, I know for sure. But you're right, because I find freedom by going within, even if it's 10 minutes, but it stops me from being reactive in the day. Yes, and cognitive. You have to try to be, you know, let the subconscious roll, really. I love that. Well, thank you so much to my new friend and guest, oh. Kareen Elder. You <laughs> thank are you so in much. my heart. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Please let our guests know where they can, you know, find you if they don't already follow you. Primarily on Instagram at always Kareen and always K-A-R-I-N. And my podcast, Share a Voice, which is on Dear Media and wherever you find in my heart as well. And otherwise on Forbes, Forbes Forbes.com, literally just use your browser to search my name and you'll find all my articles there. And you're going to pop up. Well, I love, I love that you're in my heart and I love your title, Share a Voice. I think it's so cool. I can't wait to be on your podcast. Thank you so much. 
for being Thank on you. my podcast, Karen Elder. This is my heart. I'm your host, Heather Thompson. Be sure to follow along at I'm Heather T and send me any questions. Please don't forget to subscribe and download wherever you stream your podcast and join us next week for another episode. Welcome to Hollaback. This is the part of my podcast where I answer all of your questions. My next question from Hollaback is from at Bren.sc. Bren asks, how do you keep moving forward creatively? I often find myself hitting creative blocks and simply doing nothing to move forward with them and kind of just waiting for the flow to return. Have you ever experienced this? If so, how do you push through? Well, the first thing that I want to say is you can't wait for it to happen. You got to kind of make it happen. And first and foremost, be kind and patient to yourself, okay? But be consistent. So start by creating a new thing, like say four times a week, whether it's an Instagram post or a blog or planning something new for the coming spring. Focus your creative energy on outletting it. What can I do different on Instagram? Can I do a video? What do I want to write about? What's going through my head in a blog? And trust your gut. Don't chase down what others find success with. Just really listen to your inner voice and maybe find a partner, you know, a friend or someone who draws out new ideas in you and don't overthink it. Just spend time with people who inspire you. Watch some old movies. There's incredible productions out there. Look up the history of your craft, read literature on its early beginnings, and more than anything, take a drive, get outside. It really inspires when the eye travels. And even if it's just a walk in the woods, it really is a place to get in touch with self. Your creativity is in there. You just got to go get it. Good luck. In My Heart is a production of Embassy Row. Our executive producer is Sarni Rogers. This episode was produced by Alexa Machia and Anna Marie Johnson, Karen Silverstein, and Heather Thompson. The show is edited by Maureen Bigas. You can follow me on Instagram at I am Heather T. See you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.